doing it. Okay. Okay. Hello, dear listeners. There's no gonna be no hootie hoo for you today. Hootie hoo! We have to get it out of the out of the out in the open. Tony, what what is Tony's code name? We don't have one. Wait, do do we? They had something, and now I don't remember what it is. I feel like Tony had. We apologize, Tony. Their royal majesty the, the, or something. Yeah, yeah. The southern something. <gasps> I think it was the mouth of the south. The mouth from the, the south. Yeah. South. Yeah. <laughs> The mouth from the south is not with us today. So, well, that was a great podcast, everyone. We'll wrap it up <laughs> so right now. So this is going to be a really different tone, you guys. E- indeed, indeed. Um, but, no, we miss you, Tony. We know you will listen, listen to this. We miss you. I can't believe this is the first podcast we're recording after Tony was on the panel about doing the library podcast. <laughs> and now Tony's not here. Like, it just feels <laughs> dear like a all, Dear all MLA friends. Yeah. Oops. Twisting that irony knife. <laughs> we will persevere. Oh, by the way, uh, fun fact, they're not in the book. Okay. The twins are not in the book. Okay. Okay. Just for sake of uh, structure, <sighs> the trauma side of not yeah. having Tony, what are we all reading, watching, playing, listening to... Building, building, contemplating. I don't know. Maybe you're not reading a book. Maybe you're building a shelf. Have, I don't know. Have, have you, Treat your shelf. Have you met me? Even when I was in the middle of a show, I was reading a book. This is fair. I, was, I thought you were going to make a joke. Like, seriously, do you know how I am with, like, tools and sharp-edged things? Like, I no. <laughs> I used she to... cut herself with a banana, y'all. Okay, but I used a power saw and still have all ten fingers, so... You might what have did been... you cut yourself with the other day? What did I cut myself with the other day? <laughs> it was like a band-aid or something. Band-aids were supposed to do the opposite of that. I, I did stab myself really gently pulling a sign off of one of the sideboards. That's what it was. It was the, the sideboard. <laughs> and just had like a very slight nick in my hand. Jen, what are you reading? I am reading a book called Great or Nothing, which is a new young adult release, conveniently enough, for the topic of this podcast. (laughs) But um, four different authors whose names I think I remember, I believe it is Joy McCullough, Caroline Tung Richardson, Jessica Spotswood, and Tess Sharp. What is it called again? Great or Nothing. It is a retelling of Little Women set in World War II. Oh, that one! And Joe's a lesbian. Yes. As she deserves to be. I really, I love it. So, like, I love Little Women to begin with. I also do love me a historical fiction novel set in World War II. And this is a really good, like, I like, like, you can really easily insert. Authors. Yes. Hey, I did get them right. Yeah. You really can very easily update the war story of Little Women into being a war story of World War II. Okay, sidetrack Aaron. My Aaron at home, I did this noise to her the other day. And she's like, What? I'm like, we've been together, like, how many years, and I've never went, yee, in front of you? <laughs> yee, it's such Deviating. a classic. Deviating. Anyways. Aaron, what are you doing? What are you playing? What are you watching? So, uh, for those who know me very well or have listened to me rant about it for the past, like, week so or so mm. for now, um, I've gotten off my Sims fixation, and now I am obsessed or hyper fixated on Crusader Kings 3, which is a giant real-time strategy game. <clears throat> set in medieval times so you can start either in 1066 or 867 i believe um don't quote me on the actual start years i've been starting in 867 the whole entire time because i have a dream of uniting the entirety of ireland together but the norse keep attacking me and it's horrible and i hate it 
But anyways, so essentially you can start out as a random person within historic history, or you can create your own ruler if you want. You can take over one of the one of the places. And the whole entire game is to create a dynasty and like become the most illustrious, like prestigious person ever or uh, family ever and create your own dynasty. Um, or you could, you know, be me and want to take over Ireland, or you can be somebody else and want to take over the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, the Mongols invade in, like, 1200, which, you know, decimates the whole entire map at some point. I literally have the Norse declaring war on me every other day of the week. Yeah, sounds about right. And... It's, I haven't even done anything. I focused only on my little tiny island, but because Jarl Ivar the Boneless has, like, Dublin specifically, everyone decides that they want to crusade my place. <laughs> like, how rude. Is the bubonic plague going to come into play at some point? Um, I have no idea, actually. I haven't actually got that far. <laughs> we'll find out. That's yeah. the 1100s, though, so I'm not entirely sure if the bubonic plague reached up there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, because I'm starting out in Ireland, I'm not sure. I'd have to actually double check and research that. But I know, you know, it probably ransacks like around like Italy area at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if it does, because literally the whole entire thing, you can murder like somebody, you can take over some, you can fabricate lies on somebody. Okay. I literally plotted to kill somebody's wife and then turned around and fabricated a hook on their brother so that they would step down so I could step up as queen. So, I mean, you can... Possibilities are endless. The okay. game's not broken at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Grant, what are you doing? What am I doing? I'm sitting right here. Well, what are you Thank reading? You. Uh, I just started reading Young God by Catherine Fah Morris. Um, it's a super short book, so I probably could finish it last night, but I'm distracted easily. Um... It's about, Understood. how do I describe it? It's about a 13-year-old girl and who becomes a girl boss in the most unsettling way possible. Girl a girl boss in what context, I don't, Grant? See, that, that's a surprise. You have to read it yourself. But, um, no, you, you kind of know what you're in for from, like, the first chapter, you know. Um, what is this okay. called? It is very, it, Young God. Young God. It is very propulsive. Like, it just doesn't give you any okay. breathing time. Okay. Yeah, read it. See what I mean. I'm going to have to now. Yes. By who? Andy. Catherine. I oh. am 45 yes. minutes away from being oh. finished with How to Be Perfect oh. by Michael Schur, um, the creator of The Good Place. And we've talked about yeah. it a couple times. Um, if you like The Good Place and you like The Office and Parks and Rec, um, even though it's not really a comedy book, it, it's infused with enough of his, yes. his flavor that you're gonna find yourself chuckling, particularly when you get to the footnotes. And if you didn't like The Good Place, you're not allowed to listen to our podcast Right, anymore. yeah, just turn it off, please. We'll wait. <laughs> Have you, okay, good, we can move on. <laughs> but no, it's it's also, as an audiobook, it's narrated um, in part to, like with the cast of The Good Place, it's a deep dive into moral ethics and philosophy. It's a bit more, would it paralyze Chidi to read this book? It, no, no, like he's too smart for that. Okay. Um, but it forces you, like, if you guys remember the trolley dilemma the trolley in a good place. Yes. Um, this book is right up your alley. It's, it's really fascinating, but it's just flavorful enough as an audiobook performance 
and writing style that you don't feel like you're sitting in some introductory course in college and falling okay. asleep. Um, definitely worth your time. I'm, and I started today because I hate myself. <sighs> Off the edge, flat earthers, conspiracy culture, oh, and why people will believe anything. How do you read that without just like... By Kelly Weil. I, I made it through The Storm is Upon Us, which is about QAnon, and thank you, Michael Rothschild, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Kelly Weil wrote this book, Off the Edge. Um, I'm 10 pages into it, and I'm kind of like... You've already started it? <laughs> yeah. he, I literally brought this book out at like, when I came in today at noon, and then checked it in, and I come back downstairs, he's already got it. Yeah, that sounds so like So he must have started it during lunch. I did, that I did. That sounds like Andy. I, I had to. Um, that tracks. Hopefully I don't... <laughs> we'll see the state of my mood when I'm done. It's a sh it's not a large book. No, so. it's really not. But my brain was even just reading the inside cover slash like staring at it, and my brain could not comprehend when I was processing it the other day. So, Are you afraid of getting done with the book and somehow becoming dumber from having read it? or? No, he's going to throw the book out the window. Hey, that's, hey, right. that's coming up. Hey, hey, hey. Andy's preparing. <laughs> Which actually, you think about that, like, on the topic of that book, I can think about probably five <laughs> books in the last year that make me want to throw them out the window. I feel like I needed to read them out of responsibility. There's the one about the culture warlords where a mm. Jewish journalist tackles white supremacy Are in the dark web. Are any of them young adult? Um, culture warlords, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for trying to circle us back I here. did try. Are any of them young adult fiction? No. Probably, well, maybe Codename Verity. <laughs> not in the past couple. Oh, yes. yeah, that could be. So, yes, we keep saying the word YA, or the words young adult and YA. Hint, this is a follow-up to a previous podcast where we tackled middle grade fiction. A previous podcast? It was the, the last, last episode. The very last one. I am exhausted. I am tired. I have a very short-term memory right now. Congratulations. So do I. Okay, you Dory. were there a couple weeks ago. Okay, Dory. <laughs> Ooh, squirrel. Um, okay, yes. Doug. So, what is YA? What is young adult? What is YA? Teen librarian I mean, extraordinaire. Kind of the next sort of step up, quote unquote, from middle grade fiction. I would say 13's a little young, maybe we're like 14, 15 baseline, pushing into easily 1920 for protagonists now. Mm -hmm. I do maintain the line that once you're into your early 20s, it is no longer a young adult level. It is what they're trying to brand as new adult or just even a regular adult novel. Gasp. <laughs> but I would say kind of once, if you're outside of about your freshman year of college, it's no longer a young adult novel. Hmm. Are you talking about like protagonist age? Protagonist age. Okay, I was like, be like, listen, if I'm yeah. reading a young adult yeah. novel, but I'm in my 20s, <coughs> it's still a young adult yes. novel. Any readers of any age can read a young adult novel, but char like protagonist main age of the characters in the book should be, I would say, no more than a freshman in college. I mean, techni technically at that point doesn't. <coughs> so, so this is going to be the dumbest question in the plan, but okay. you'll understand what I what I mean when I say it. So, what what you're saying is by that definition slash the middle grade definition that we were talking about the other day, Percy starts out at twelve, so he starts in blatant middle grade, but by the time the series ends, he's like 16, 17. So you could peacefully say Percy Jackson transfers from 
pre middle grade to age YA. wise you could for the tone of Percy Jackson specifically. I realize the tone put the yeah, like in they middle grade. stay middle grade. But if you just like totally, if you were working solely off character age, yes, Percy Jackson and then the follow up series do turn into more of a young adult series. But the tone, the writing style that Rick uses. Right keeps it more appropriate for that younger age. So yes, character age is not the only thing to be working off of. Yeah. Like, as we were saying in middle grade, like, it's a good introduction to certain issues of the day, but keeping them very accessible for children, I feel like a getting young adult moves it that one step farther, can dive into more complexities of issues in a way that a book for a 12-year-old cannot. Maybe still not in a way that a book for a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old or a 70-year-old can, but why still has a shift in how it can handle certain topics. I was glossing over an article. Um, you saw me reading a couple articles today. I sure did. And one was, does sex belong in YA? And that's not a direct yeah. question, but it was like, uh, it was kind of an interesting opinion piece that I was actually reading. I mean, I can give an answer. It's not necessarily the correct answer. It will be my answer. It, opinions are ex like expressly our own, not that of Adrian District Library as a whole. So if you don't like anything we say, send hate mail anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> we, we are awaiting the day we get a One hate of these mail. When, I, when we finally get hate mail, I'm literally going to throw us a party. 143 East Maumee, that's M-A-U-M-E-E -E Street. <laughs> Adrian, Michigan. 49221. We're going to frame it in the break room. <laughs> we oh really God. are. Yes. Or you yes. can email us. Go That's the, on the website. Yes. And then we will still print it out and frame it, it anyways. <laughs> but does it belong? There's, like, what are other, like, I mean, not just sex, but, like, what do you think are some of those more advanced, complex topics that... I mean, I think when you start getting into YA, like, you hear more about characters drinking, characters potentially... If not doing drugs, at least being more aware that, like, possibly their friends have Or done that drugs. they exist. That drugs exist in the world. Oh, come on. I, when yeah. I was a teen, I didn't drink at all. Come on. And teens do not drink. It, this is teen an drinking. abomination. It's <laughs> very bad. <laughs> teen drinking. Nobody's ever written an issue book about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, t I, I guess it, it, it doesn't matter. I forget what I was going to say. Continue. I feel no. like that's the Court of thor Thorns and Roses, like... Question yeah, but like I think point. diving into sex and wanting to have it or not wanting to have it or feeling like you should have had it already and have not is yeah. very much like a YA topic. Again, with sort of drinking, partying, friendships developing in weird directions, relationships with romantic partners or family members or things like that developing in weird directions or unexpected directions or realizing for the first time that like you are a separate entity from oh, your God. parents, and that you may have different opinions than other people you have respected in your life have. And when you're how deconstructing you get, your own ideals yeah. and reforming Realizing, yourself. yes, that your ideals do not have to be a direct inheritance from your parents, from your older siblings, from your grandparents, from your other family members, or even from your own friends, yeah. that you can step out and have some of that. I think the, oh, did you? No, I, I was just gonna say, I think it's not so much you know, should there should there be or should there not be like sex and other topics in YA novels? Um, it's more so how it's approached. Yes, were, I think that's yeah. kind of the real sticking point. Is like as much as you know, I am. I don't want to say pro-sex in YA novels in the sense of sounding like pervert, <laughs> but like yes, I think it's realistic to write teens who have sex and who enjoy having sex. I think it's realistic to write teens who have sex and maybe 
either regret it or realize it was not the right time in the moment. I'm not saying to the point of sexual mm-hmm. assault. I'm just saying reflecting back on yeah. was that a right, right. was that a good choice for me at this time. There was a, I think it's all right sorry. to write young adult novels where they don't have sex because mm-hmm. either for asexual teens or just for teens who are more oh what is the word I'm looking for like um, abstaining or something like that who are maybe waiting till marriage if that's something they want to mm-hmm. do. All of that spectrum is valid to have. I do think starting to... And, like, it's a weird line to be discussing as an adult. Because also, in a book where a teen is having sex and enjoying it, if they describe it in positive terms or possibly sexier terms, yes. But to the point where, like, an adult romance novel might be describing how people's genitalia is or something like that, like, I think that is best held off until adult fiction. Like the right. you said that my mind went to a league of their own a little bit. Remember the scene where they're describing the no, because I've never seen a league of their own. Listen, we can which is a different problem. Yeah. In simple terms, we can have smut, but we can't have the very explicit smut. In terms right. of Ao3 tags, we can have an M rating, but we can't have an E rating. Yeah. And even an things. M might be pushing it. Just M is a little bit pushing it. Described, but I. That, that that opinion piece that I was um, reading through earlier also made a good point that it serves it can serve sex sexual activity within a YA book and serve as a platform for teaching. Um, you kind of said it in a different word, but like bodily autonomy. Yeah. And really important here, consent. Consent. Can sh- display a model consent, for bodily proper, autonomy, protection. Yeah. yeah, and even just sort of a healthy like as much as sex education should be taught in a formal way. It's not always, or it's taught differently in different areas of the state, country, Literally, world, every school does it differently, and you're never going to get, like, one specific yes. way of it that even happening. if we just hear, like, hey, I made sure my boyfriend used a condom in a young adult novel is kind of important for a teen to come yeah. across to see that, again, they might not ever want to have that conversation with a real-life person, a parent, a friend, a teacher, a mentor, whatever, but if they can do, oh, hey... This character I like and respect in this book that I was reading, vi- like verbally said, we need to use condoms. Like, hey, maybe that's not weird for me to say if that's something that comes up mm-hmm. for me in real life. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's also a little awkward whenever you get that talk from either your teacher or your family member. Sometimes it's a little bit more awkward to hear that. Yeah, like I don't think fiction should be like the full-on no. substitute for sex education. No, but, but at like, least if things can get shoved on in there. It's a little bit better easement into that whole entire situation than if your parent just immediately goes, we need to talk about this today, and yeah. then you're like, the oh my god, I'm not prepared for this at all. Could be like that little, I, I can't remember word from word, but if you've seen Mean Girls, mm-hmm. the gym teacher. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You'll get much. pregnant and die. <laughs> you have sex, you will get pregnant and die. Yes. Um... Maybe a little n- more descriptive than that. That is literally abstinence. <laughs> Could have been in middle ages appropriate. Yeah. But um, it, one of the benchmarks that I keep picking up on for YA is that it's a, I'm going to use coming of age, but it's a very transformative yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. where someone undergoes a, a process or a journey and they come out of it with a little bit deeper insights and so on. Um, yeah, like I think I saw something to that effect I, when I was kind of reading over your shoulder one of those articles mm-hmm. you had found earlier today something that like people tend to like young adult fiction more because there is a very definite like traceable journey for the characters it is not so focused on like style and grammar as a lot of adult especially adult literary fiction which we all know i hate 
but I'm going to say it anyways, like, as a mm. lot of adult literary fiction tends to get preoccupied with, with, like, how they're transforming the nature of the sentence. And I'm like, I don't care. Was it a good sentence? Did it move the story? Mm-hmm. Is the sentence beautiful? Cool, but can I keep, can it keep my attention? Yeah. Did, no, did absolutely not. Something? Like, are am you I just, going yeah. somewhere? Are you just reveling in how beautifully you wrote that sentence, or was that actually a good sentence? Are we are we basking about the Battle of Waterloo, or am I actually doing something for <laughs> moving the story along, Hugo? I like literary fiction. I know you do. <laughs> Which is why we are good foils for each other. I didn't know if that was Lord Ish or if it was Lord Eggington. <laughs> Lord Eggington is dead. When will you learn? <laughs> Stop bringing it up, Andy. You're hurting us. We need to have a seance and talk to Lord Aikington. <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll go get the Ouija board. I'll be back. I will throw it out there. Not all adult literary fiction, but it feels like the stuff that gets talked about the most is some of the stuff where I'm like, okay, cool. You wrote 500 pages about someone who should have gotten a divorce 200 pages ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anne Rice. <laughs> but it, it, she's descriptive, and her prose is—it's very yes, and that's, drawn out. And but I do, I do love, love when that. somebody can turn a beautiful sentence as yeah. well. I'm not a complete philistine. Right. <laughs> like sometimes I'm like—I get done reading, I'm like, oh, that was a good chapter. It was all about a staircase. Yeah. What in the name of? What happened again? <laughs> Why? <laughs> but yeah, we talk about that transformative journey, clear journey. There's also within it, and we're kind of talking about this, but put a more of a label on it. There's a relatability that hallmark too of YA fiction where um, people, like young people, they want to see themselves in the story and they want to see, uh, they want to see someone like tackling high school woes or maybe yeah. a, a pregnancy scare or and maybe- And or fighting dragons. Or, and or, which that crosses over a little bit. Yeah. It deals with, like that was a good, kind of a good uh, thing I picked up on some time ago where they were talking about, like, they like that relatability, but where it, it's not necessarily like real world relatability in yeah. terms of, high school, you you know, theater, you're in dance, you're in a sport. I mean, essentially, isn't technically high school that giant dragon that yeah, you're fighting in be. the fantasy novel? Sure the emotional like, there's content There's like a connection there. that you can get from that yeah. going like, hey, I'm fighting this giant dragon right now in this novel. Meanwhile, at the same time, I'm fighting with, you know, deconstructing my ideals. That's a giant dragon. Going to high school's a giant dragon. You can still There's have... a bully that's possibly yeah. my giant dragon. You don't. You can still have friend drama when you're learning how to fight wizards and stuff like that. Yes. Now, are there any other kind of things that hallmarks or any anything that makes YA stand apart from other genres? I mean, particularly adult fiction. Because, I mean, we could reflect a little bit on middle grade fiction, too. I think we've already talked about the, a little bit, like the developing the complexities yeah. um, become. But like, how does it stand apart from adult fiction? I mean, other than like this intense, this like dense prose that frequently, sometimes we find in great to bad Aaron Morgenstern. Sorry, <clears throat> um, fiction. <laughs> right. But I'll tag her. <laughs> Please um, don't. <laughs> But yeah, She'll be our what else? What now? else makes YA stand out? Oh gosh, I think as much as I was sort of saying it doesn't need to do this, I think there is a sort of didacticism to young adult fiction. Like there is usually some kind of lesson to be learned at the end of the book, or somebody has actually had like a character development mm-hmm. moment. There are like, yeah. certain stages that get hit that don't always happen in adult fiction because they don't need to. Like, 
by the time you become an adult, you've solidified a little more of your personality and your moral code and all of that kind of thing. Where there's a lot of fun room to play with like moral grayness in adult fiction, that I think when it gets played with in YA fiction, it gets everyone up in arms because like we're teaching the children that murder might be okay sometimes. But like, listen, that's like the fun type of YA fiction, though. <laughs> yes. If you if you touch on the morally gray things, you learn that not everything's black and white as you know you're supposed to be. Yes. You learn a question. That's that's like halfway through like reading some type of book where there's a bad guy and a good guy. You always see everyone flocking towards the bad guys by the end of the whole entire series in the fandom because they're like, hmm, this is a black and white, but what if? What if? What if it this was? is a thing? Throwing some hair. Yeah, like I think that's getting developed more. Like I think YA fiction is getting more, having more fun with the moral grayness mm-hmm. of yeah. things as it continues to develop. But I think if you look back farther, like, there is sort of a very distinct, like, good person, bad person, good situation, bad situation that happens. You're literally talking about almost every single paranormal romance novel from, like, the 2000s. This one's the good boy. He plays football and has a band. This is the bad boy. This one is the bad boy. He's from the wrong side of the tracks and wears a leather jacket. The bad boy. Or skateboards or does some type of thing or, you know. Yeah. The bad boy is going to get you addicted to cocaine. The good boy will propose to you at the prom. Am I wrong? No. (laughs) Having read those types of novels, you're absolutely not. Definitely not. Is that what, what you're going to tell your child? If you ever have a child, I want you. I, I want to be the, the fly on the wall when you tell your child, you know, the good person will get you, you know, you'll go to prom with that person. They'll invite you to prom, but the bad person, cocaine. I'm just... Yeah, that's what the Lifetime channel is going to do. And you're, Miss, you're Mrs. Popper. Yes. No. Voice. Which is my regular voice. Jen's I didn't gonna just, do a yes. voice. Jen's going to have her kids, and she's going to be like, oh, well, I guess got to have this conversation now. Let me call Andy. When I Put him on mute so he... Yes. You, if you do that, please, hear yes, him. we will stay in contact. And when I tell, as I tell my children, when I was alive during the French Revolution... <laughs> God, that was the best day. That's very off topic. It's, no, it's... It, I mean, technically... <laughs> Continuing. I, I had some, like, I can't remember where it was going to go. I had a thought. It was kind of talking about the, like, mentally, I was thinking about the history. I read an article, like, a, probably a couple weeks ago when I first opened up the, maybe a month and a half ago, um, the document, the Google yes. Doc. And, because I never really got into the R.L. Stein books, um, but how, like, Goosebumps? young adult literature mm-hmm. was very realism, like, grounded in realism until, like, yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of these books, like, I I didn't read, like, in the 80s or 90s. Like, I read Young Adult, but I, I think I progressed really quick to the fiction I probably didn't fully comprehend because I wanted to seem smarter than, you know, other people. <coughs> but who has read, like, what other varieties of young adult fiction? Like, I mean, we have Supernatural, Rotten Ruin... Or the, kind of the zombie apocalypse stuff. We have the R.L. Stein books. But I mean, there was the vampire era. There, yeah. Wait, what do you mean? The vampire. You might have heard of this series called Twilight. Literally, probably. I'm a 41 year old man. I will not debase myself by reading this garbage YA lit that you call Twilight. Did we literally read do an entire Twilight episode? You literally suggested the Twilight episode. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it was good, but. 
Let's see, there was the uh, the vampire era. Yeah, which turned into like the, the fairy era, which is like having a renaissance. Yeah, there was like a paranormal like romance era and the whole entire thing that you get with the paranormal romance era is love triangle and some type of supernatural creature random girl gets pulled into their universe yep. and is stuck between both of them and can't choose and then ends up picking the bad boy. I, almost all the time. Almost exclusively. I think we have to make an official timeline on the uh, whiteboard yeah. behind it. That is like, literally like the go 2000 right from, age. <laughs> yes. Right from the, as you can see, we go from the fairy age That's like to the, the 2010. Like, like we knock it back and we start with the outsiders. Or even, did you guys see there was a book the article 17 that I thought I had put? Something. 17th summer, which was apparently yeah. like the 40s, which I've yeah. barely heard of. Into oh the outsiders, into like the 80s, like Sweet Valley High era of young adult right. fiction. I can't believe I'm writing this up. Yeah. So like we have the outsiders over yeah. here, and then like it literally turns yeah. around into like the very realism heavy like early to late two thousands like your John Greens and your Sarah Dessens yeah. of That's the cool universe person. into Stephanie Meyer and everything has to have a vampire into more general werewolves fairies. Mermaids never really took off, but like no, but I did vampires, read a few, werewolves, there were like fairies. Greek gods, like Greek gods, there fallen were angels, with fallen like angels, huge. Uh, and then it's been getting, it got more into like, and we're exploding like back into realism. I feel, and even back into regular fantasy, but we are exploding them into much more diverse takes than we were seeing in the 2010s and the early 2000s. Like, we're finally seeing black people. We're seeing Asian people. We're right. seeing queer people. Right. We are seeing much more intersectionality in how we are playing <coughs> with the tropes now. You but all of the good tropes are coming back. It's basically like fashion, you know, like how it cycles through every single decade, and we've been cycling through them every, like, few years or so. I feel like YA is starting to do the exact same thing. So, like, now we're in the realism section. That's going to end up turning into the early 2000s. John Green, Sarah Dresden, like romance yes. style things, but except mm -hmm. it's gonna take that realism that we literally just renaissanced in and it's gonna include that in there back into the vampire, supernatural, paranormal, and then who knows? Yeah. I'm waiting for the dystopian ones too, because that oh, was all, God. that's also a huge I am okay if those stay dead for a couple what? years. What? <laughs> because all of them were getting so derivative of each other after a while. You literally read Hunger Games and then every single one after that is almost like. Yeah, like Hunger Games was the peak. Yeah. Divergent was okay, but I never really managed to finish them. And I think people kind of like me. I Runner, never actually got there. to read it. I read like Legend. And then everything else was like a super terrible watered down version of Divergent. I only remember reading this is, Legend yeah, by Marie yeah. Lu, and that's the only one that I remember reading besides Hunger Games, which was kind of similar to Divergent, but it was more so like one side was super like corporate, like high military style, and then the other half was like <coughs> the lower class, and it was like two people yeah. from both sides like coming together and like dismantling yeah. the and whole thing. And everything was like, you get to have one personality trait, or we have outlawed this one basic human emotion. I, f I feel like you're reading like Matched at this point. Matched! <laughs> so the whole entire series of Matched was essentially just like you got matched up with somebody. Yeah, like you don't get the net, you don't get to normally fall in love anymore. That's illegal. You literally just get, you get like, a match from a computer 
and yeah. that tells you like who you get to be with. But of course, our main character has the love triangle back in there because she has her match who she likes. But there's also a different boy who's not her match. Who also likes, likes her back. And so now we have to turn around and go, do we run away? Do we dismantle the yes. system? Do we just go with yes. it? What if telling people who they can love is bad, except it's still straight? Also, you can, talk, you can say uglies for the Divergent reboot. We all know what you're talking about. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm a little curious. What, what's the Divergent reboot? Uh, uglies is a, also, oh. I think it's YA? Yeah. Yeah, so essentially you have the pretties, and the uglies. Uglies. There's a lot of plastic surgery. Yeah. So if you're born with the uglies... Well, actually, I thought everyone was kind of born ugly. Yes. But you got to start having elective plastic surgery at, like, 15 so you could be hot. Yes. And literally the series is the uglies. I think there's something in the middle and then the pretties. And that's, like, the trilogy or something. Something like that. I don't remember exactly uglies, what it is. Uglies, pretties, and specials. Yes. Because some of them somehow got, like, cybernetic enhanced powers or something oh, like this. And it's been a minute since I've read any of this series. And it's not good? They were decent, but it's one of those ones that are, like, I feel like they were decent enough when you were, like, 15 and reading them. But if I went back now, pushing 30 and tried to read them, I don't know if I would enjoy them. I need to go back and reread. Like, you mentioned the Mace Runner, too. I need to return and reread that because I can remember the first and second book very I never, clearly. I got, like, a chapter into the Mace Runner, and I was like, there are no girls in this book, and I stopped reading it. Yeah, that's usually how that works for me. There is, eventually. There is but one it's late girl game. late in the book, and I was not invested in it. And then you need to get out. to the second book where there's an equal, equally large number, like a group of women, young girls. Yeah, that's, Again, that's, but that's if you're not pulling me in, then that first book is not going to happen. Yeah. The minute they came up in this little box, like, yeah. the, the, I the, feel like... But I also like dystopian as a general, general rule. Like, I can eat it up, yeah. like, every okay. day. Okay, I don't know if this is a thing or if I'm just making things up right now. But I feel like 80s and 90s, there was that very heavy, like, serialized series fiction, like your Sweet Valley Highs mm -hmm. and all of that, where they're just going to write 10 million of these with six different ghostwriters and write books. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like after that, like, the 2000s, the 2010s, it got very into standalone novels. And I feel like we're yeah. having a very big series re, like, surgeons renaissance yeah, right now. Yeah, we're getting a lot of trilogy surgeons. Like, a lot of trilogies, but even, like, you know, Sarah J. Moss and her, like, seven book series and all those mm -hmm. kind of things, which would not have been a thing that happened back in, like, 2005. Right. Right. Like, it was a miracle that Stephanie Meyer got four books. Right. Especially because, like, if you remember that the original twi timeline was supposed to be Twilight directly <laughs> into Breaking Dawn. Which would have been a ride. Listen, her entire thing about like I read her like original casting for the the movies or who oh, she wanted so to cast. Oh, it's so 2005 when you read that, and it's so terrible. I hate it. It would have been it would have been pretty interesting though to see Henry Cavill as Edward. She wanted that specifically. Okay, let's be honest too. He is a much more delicious individual than I. And I have nothing against Pattinson. We love you, our Pats, but yeah. still, but like. It, he, he looked okay as, he, like, a younger actor in Cedric Diggory. Yeah. But then when he got to the Edward, I'm like, I was expecting It's because they literally, they literally make-uped him up to the point where it's like, he's not hot anymore. All of the makeup and wig work for the vampires was a little ridiculous in the Twilight movies. Let's be but clear. Still the, but, Their um, contacts were horrible. But the others, them. everyone else, well, okay, Rosalie looked a little... She didn't look as good as she probably could have, but, like, the others looked Jack... Uh, not Jackson... Jasper. Thank you, Jasper. I was You're thinking welcome. Jackson Rathbone. Yeah, that's, that's, his, that's the actor's name. But, like, the others looked good. 
They ever really looked okay. I felt like they kept like screwing everyone's wigs. In they between. did. Like I'm like okay. The whole point is that their looks don't change. Why does everyone have a different hairstyle? Listen, the first movie? the first movie Jackson, his wigs, Jasper's hair, and the whole entire first one and the second one, absolutely horrible. Like zero out of ten. What was the costume designer thinking? But then you get to Eclipse where his hair is like parted in the middle and it's just like yeah. waves down. Perfect. That was good. Absolutely perfect. But still, their contacts. <sighs> the gold and red contacts. I hate them. What do you think, Lord Ish Grant? On contacts? No, this. No, on YA fiction. <laughs> YA fiction, but like, yeah, we're 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 derailing. But what do you do? You have a favorite YA book? Well, you know what? Or author. I have a list of the 100 best YA books written by yada yada yada. Don't care. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> So I like that list. I like um, that list. Uh, Catching the Rye, great book. Oh my. You're wrong. Oh, um, thank you. I was about to like, see. we're going to fight up here today. Tuck Everlasting, also good book. I liked that. The Westing Game, that was good. We talked okay. about that last time. That, that was kind of why I middle I feel like grade. both of those, like, I, I agree that they're excellent books. I would put I them more put middle, middle grade, grade. But I also feel like they were both kind of written before the middle grade distinction was really a thing. Yeah. So, you could you could technically. I, so I understand. Yeah. Would holes be in that same gray area? Again, for me, yes. I, yeah. But since all, holes is also kind of pre-middle grade as like a distinct genre. genre. Yeah. yeah. But also a great book. Not not disputing that part by any means. Yeah. Here's a here's just kind of an idea to ponder over. Um, it's fun to call it yaw fiction, as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it like Jamaican <laughs> fiction? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, fiction. So, Andy, yeah, what's your favorite YA fiction? Do you have one? I would ha- actually have to be like, like think about all the books I've ever read. Maybe I need to go into Goodreads and create good labels. I, just, I feel like I've read too much young adult for that to be an answerable question. I realize Jen literally cannot answer that question because she reads way too much YA fiction. You can see the steam coming out of my ears as I try to process that question. Does not compute. You literally not... ask her to create her top five and she just falls to the ground. <laughs> um, I, I, in recent memory, um, and this is pulling because I lack of remembering them all. I really, really like Legendborn. That Tracy Dion. Excellent book. Yes. That was a really, really, really fun. It hit so many good notes. Yeah. Um, and like how we were kind of saying like that young adult fantasy renaissance. Where yes, it's Arthurian legend. Plenty of people have done that in fiction before. But with the black female main character and then the inclusion of like the root magic and all of that system getting put that, into it too. Like, that's such a good, like, updated way to do the story. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I don't know. I feel kind of like, like I don't know specifically how much YA I've written. I know I have written it. Oh, I've written it, not written it. Read, <laughs> read. I haven't read. You've it written it. so much YA. Yeah. Great. Um, definitely, The Outsiders is up there for me. Yeah, I, a I good book. Forgot we mentioned that. Yeah, and the movie's good as well. And I was gonna throw that out there. Like, do we have any young adult adaptations we've I do like the outsiders like for the adaptation. Like. I I did like the film. That was It's weird seeing Francis Ford Coppola go from an adult mop, like crime movie with the Godfather to yeah. like a kid's version. Though uh, YA that's not a YA things that are not books. Okay. But are movies. Lost Boys and Breakfast Club are definitely like 
two that you could technically add because they're both all the characters in there are all yeah. some type those of are, teen. Those are teen uh, movies, quote unquote. Goonies, that type of thing. Ten out of ten. Yeah, we like those. I'm with you. Fantastic. It's almost easier to say that I one of my least favorite, just because so many people love it and put it on this like top list. I hate Catcher in the Rye. I don't like, get it. I, I, I don't want to erase it from... I feel like that should be a podcast episode, Books We Hate the Most. Well, it were kind of... So then Andy yeah, can lament about that. Yeah, we need to, like, we need to like talk about yeah. this one, Books We Hate the Most. Yeah. I agree. I disliked Catcher in the Rye, but I also feel like I just did not come to it at the right time in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you read Catcher in the Rye any older than about 22, you're like, ooh, this kid's a lot to handle. I didn't like it as, like, a teenager, and then as an adult, I read it again. I'm like, I... No, and I didn't read it and, like, relate to it that much. I just thought it was a good book. I thought it was well It's It's yeah, not, like, it's not I, bad. I think if I went back to it and went, okay, let me read this on more of, like, a sort of scholarly reading, like, just reading it for the story level, rather than waiting for Holden to become a person I liked, which was never. Yeah. <laughs> I might get more out of the story on a second read then. Yeah, and for, like, a book written, was it the late, was it... In fifties or something like that. Something like that in there. Something like that. It, I felt like it definitely holds up. Yeah, and Holden does feel young. I will grant you that. Like sometimes you can read a young adult book and it's like you have not spoken to a teenager in a while. Like Holden feels like a teenager. I will give you that. When was this published? What book? <clears throat> Excuse me. Catcher in the Rye. It is fifty something, but I don't remember when. Book exactly. details. Book details. I literally um, just had to look up one of my favorite ones. Forty-nine. Oh, okay. Ooh, wow. So it's, it, it felt like modern language almost. Like, like I mean, hmm. modern-ish. I mean, yeah. Modern-ish. Was this technically middle grade? No. Oh, yes. in recent memory, too, you talk about... I did like Lord of the Flies. Yes. I've not yes. Read, I, I love Lord of the Flies! I have yet to read that. I read I, a take on it. It's literally I, how I met my best friend. <laughs> nice. Who is your best friend? Shout out to Sky, who's probably listening to this on another day. Really? Yeah. What? I have nice. her listening all the time, but we became friends because I literally got obsessed with Lord of the Flies at one point, and then we like became all friends because we liked it so much. So, thanks. If that's a fact, I like to hear people talk about it too because there's always something that I like. E- even there's always something new that like some take that other people have that I'm like, wow. <coughs> and I'm gonna sneeze. Bless you. <coughs> Two. I think I'm good. I'm saving it for later. Times too. <laughs> but yeah, okay. there's always some new new take on it that I am like, no, I I would have never thought about that. So it's it's always fun to. I just think lamented about, that about book. the allegorical meanings of it. Yeah. Whenever I you know talked about it in class, everyone's like, stop talking about it already. I'm like, nope, sorry. Can't do that. Can't do that. We're discussing it today. There was a production of it that I saw before where the pigs had. There's two movies of it. Well, yeah. Movie, I'm thinking, movies are in. Eh. I'm trying to think of that. I did see one that was probably in the 80s, maybe. Only the 80s. No. It was okay. 90s. Maybe. Movie was 94. One of them. That's like 30 years ago almost for me. The other one was like 63, (laughs) I think. Don't ask me why I remember that. A series of unfortunate events. Did anybody else read that? I'd say that was... Is that middle grade? I would also, again, call that middle grade, but... It's cold. Yeah. I'm also not disputing that part either. Listen, I'm just lament. I'm just wondering over the fact why uh, Amazon wants to think that this book is for people 12 years and up, but the main character is going in for her senior year. But that's fine. 
Um, yeah, that's just how they get marketed sometimes. One of the books that I remember reading a lot was called Oh My Gods. I remember the, like, I just saw that cover flash when you showed your phone to me, and I do remember that cover. So the story behind it is essentially this girl named Phoebe, and uh, her mom has married a new man, and they've, they're moving to Aegean, they're moving to Greece. Okay. And she's going to this high school where she's, she's a runner, she's like a runner person. Turns out all of her classmates are demigods. Interesting. And so she seems to be the only person <clears throat> who is, like, some type of non-demigod, but she, like, hides it for a bit and tells everybody that she's the daughter of Nike. Okay. Because she wears Nike shoes. Hey, you do what you got to do. To do her running. And so... That's sound logic. Like, that's one of the ones I remember reading the most, and they're marketing for, like, grade seven and up, which is okay. But, like, the main character's definitely, like, 17, 18 years old. And then the other one I remember reading the most is Wings by April and Pike, which is your blatant, like, love triangle paranormal romance that was, like, four books long. Five, six. Numbers. Oh, my God. I forgot how many books are in this suit. If I take it back to high school and what I think I was reading all the time. It was... There's five of them. Louise Renison's Confessions of Georgia Nicholson books. Hmm. I read the Sarah Dresden ones. I mean, I read all of Sarah Dresden's books, too. But, like, my friends and I made the Georgia Nicholson books a little bit too much of our personality <laughs> when I made them all read it. <laughs> but they were hilarious. Like, very 15-year-old trying to just bumble her way through life, getting into wildly convoluted, overly dramatic situations. Mm-hmm. Though, granted, it is a middle grade. My friend and I also read The Click. Oh, The Click books. The Click books were like a series. If you weren't quite old enough for Gossip Girl, but you wanted all the drama. I mean, you Gossip read Girl, the like, I, grew, I like went into Gossip Girl eventually, but like The Click was like middle school girls. One girl, she's not so rich, but like. Yeah. Middle school girls dropping more designer names than I, a person close to 30, can still name. Yeah, and the drama? The drama. Like, you Although, admittedly, do you know how, like, you read a book and sometimes, like, weird little things sink into your personality? (laughs) Yeah. So from the click books, there was the one girl, I think it was Alicia. Oh, no. never ran because she was important enough that you could wait for her to walk to you. (laughs) And I have actually internalized that. You know what? I'm not going to run to meet you. You can wait for me to take my time to get there. (laughs) My friends and I literally fought over who was going to be who in this (laughs) Because there was four of us and there's four of them. Of course. So we were like, who's going to be who? (laughs) Love that for you. Thanks. I ended up being Dylan. (laughs) What would you say to an adult who's embarrassed to read YA? Don't be. Are they being mean about it, or are they genuinely asking you this question? Like, thank God for Amazon, because, you know, you can just order it, and you don't have to see anyone, you know, while you're walking into the YA shelf at Barnes & Nobles. Okay. L- literally, don't If you're be. one of those people who is genuinely self-conscious about it, yeah. don't be. They're good for all ages to read. No one is going to card you at the door. Enjoy, embrace what you are reading and feel good about it. If you are one of those people who feels the need to write a think piece about how no adult should be reading young adult fiction. You can leave. I can't say exactly what I want to say to you on an official work podcast. But you can leave. We'll have an after hours podcast (laughs) and unedited. (laughs) 
recording it on Discord. No, y'all can leave. Yeah, I suppose don't let the door hit you where the good lord split you. <laughs> what, do you what does that mean? Can you explain? Is it like let, your hand in between listen, your fingers? Yes, TLDR, if you don't want to, like, listen to that whole entire part of the podcast, and you just, like, want, should, can I read it or not? Or, like, you know, I'm a little embarrassed to. Don't be. If you want to read YA, go read YA. If you want to read middle grade, go read middle grade. If you want to read a picture book, full permission to go get the picture book off the shelf and go read it. Have fun. Whatever level you want to read. I will say that now that I am the adult and teen services librarian, and not just the adult services librarian like I was a few years ago, some of the displays I make in the adult fiction section have teen titles on them, and they're just a fun surprise. I'm not telling you which ones are the teen books. You can look at the spine labels and figure that out for yourself. Off topic a little bit, but when you said the word surprise, I thought about that um, 89-year-old woman uh, a year ago. Was it during band? We had the read a band book, and it was uh-huh. covered in paper. And I feel like you picked it, but it was about the Dahmer family. No, yeah, that was um, the Valentine's. That was blind It was. It was the indi- the indifferent stars above, and some old lady started reading it. Yeah. Yeah. I think she talked to you or something. Like, I remember checking it out. I was like, oh, this will be it. She says, yeah, I can't wait to go home and figure out what it is. And I'm, like, talking to her daughter like she's in for a... (laughs) (laughs) But she did come back. She read it. That's all that matters. She's like, it was was interesting. You're the one who picked it. But, yeah. No. Man. So for this week's smack, Jen and I have a little, you know, hardcore... uh, we're going with some uh, classic YA yeah. uh, love interests here. I think all characters your... we may have pulled out at one time or another, but they're literally of... all from the same era too. Yes, like, but they're not all from the same series like we've been doing previously. No. So, uh, person number one is uh, door number one is Mr. Edward Cullen. Welcome, Mr. Edward Cullen. What is the dating game? <laughs> yes. Yes. Edward Cullen. <laughs> number two is Mr. Peter Malark. And then number three is Augustus Waters. Augustus can die. Um, <laughs> he's going to anyway. Trauma. <laughs> Pain. <laughs> no, okay, full transparency. I got, you know, he's good. He's good. Um, Peter, you're gone. Like, I get your significance of the story, and I appreciate that you and Katniss shared that trauma together, and I get it. It's beautiful, and, and I really am happy that it worked out that way. It's taken me years to be able to say that. And Were you a Gale person? But it, I, I was up until the third book. That, yes. It, and I mean, for I think a, a very good was. reason. I think that's what everyone kind of turned off of being a Gale person, yes. <laughs> and I, I think the PETA factor is Tom... <laughs> Hutcherson? Josh. Josh, Josh Hutcherson. He bugs me. Okay. Like, and I think he's a decent actor in other things, the other two movies he's in. Um, they but... literally had to CGI him to be taller. That's I mean, it. he's a short king, but they literally had to CGI him to be taller. Well, we can't unpack all of why Hollywood is wrong right now. <laughs> but if I had to choose between the other two, um, Mary Agut... Wait, is that... How do you say Augusta? Gus. Just call him Gus. 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 I'm like, wait, wait. What was his real name? So what's Gus from? Mary... Um, the Stars. Okay. Mary Gus. Snog Edward. Um, you know what? Because I, re- I might I might get a little... 
you, you know, other circles that might be worried about what disease I'm getting from that one night stand. But for <laughs> him, I might get vampirism, and I, I, you know, okay, it doesn't well, sound Okay, canonically bad. not how that works, but okay. Well, listen, it, it could. I, I, I'll marry Edward solely because one, he has money. Mm. But uh, two, I can go do whatever I want. He's not going to care. So. Definitely let Gus die, as he is going to anyways. Ouch, but sure. Mary Edwards, <laughs> while I agree, and then I don't know the other person. From the Hunger Games. Oh, Hunger Games, yeah. <laughs> the Baker. I finished it, but I don't care. So I don't care, I don't care. <laughs> oh, by the way, Grant, do you? Uh, is it mean if I were to call um, Irish bakers gingerbread men? No. <laughs> That's my answer. Anyone listening in Ireland, let us know. <laughs> and I hope Tony sends the first piece of hate mail. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> Tony's gonna listen to this on Monday and then email you right away. How dare you? You are never allowed to do a podcast without me ever again. We are rescheduling the next time that I'm ill. Well, what was the other one I used the other day? It's um, gonna go in the group chat and then we're gonna print out the group chat log to put that on the oh, wall. No, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> So a sketchy Irishman the other day tried to sell me a what he said was a piece of the Blarney Stone, right? Yeah. But it turns out it's fake. I mean, it was it was real sham rock. So next episode, guys. Can you feel me getting migraine? <laughs> next episode, down. Is next episode down? Down. Yes. Downtown. What? Downtown Abbey. Downtown. Down in the night. When you're alone in life is making you lonely. Patula Clark, if you don't know the song, you're probably too young. They but. covered it on Glee, you should know. Fair. That's fair. It's literally on one of my favorite workout videos, so therefore I listen to it almost like every other day. I still don't know what the lyrics are. <laughs> I just don't. You don't need to.